Good morning, church. We are all welcome into God's presence again this morning. And we thank God it is the first Sunday in the month of July, year 2020. From July, we enter into the second half of a year. So we are now in the second half of the year 2020. And uh, we know that in a football match, the game is not decided at the end of first half. Second half is still there to make up for whatever lapses that occurred in the first half. I believe the second half of the year is going to be a period and a time of recovery, a time of great lifting for every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We started a topic on effective effective fervent prayers james chapter 5 and verse 16 it says confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much he can do so much so we'll be talking about effective and effectual fervent prayers or we can say effective prayers but today we want to talk about the fervency of an effective prayer so the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man can do so much, availeth so much. Last week we talked about how to pray effective prayers. But today we want to talk about how to be fervent in prayers. As much as we must learn how to pray effectively so that our prayers will be effectual. At the same time, we must pray effectual prayers in a fervent way. Our prayers must be effective and must be fervent for it to produce the desired results, for it to be able to do so much, for it to be able to avail so much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We talk about the prayer of a righteous man at the beginning of this series, so it must be an effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man so when a righteous man prays effectively and fervently his prayers can do so much he can go so far he can achieve so much i pray that the lord will teach us to uh, pray prayers that can avail so much that can do so much that can bring results in the mighty name of jesus what is the meaning of fervent? Effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. From the dictionary, uh, the word fervent is defined as a having or displaying a passionate intensity. Passionate intensity. Displaying passionate intensity. Or having a passionate intensity so our prayers must be effective 
and must show passionate intensity. So it must be intense, intense prayer. Another word for that is it must be deep-seated, heartfelt, vehement, intense prayer, hardened, passionate. Passion must be, must be included. It's a prayer that we pray with our heart. We pray fervently, passionately, with intensity, having a display, a passionate intensity. Talks about fervency in prayers. So our prayers must be effective. And our prayers need to be fervent. They are not just prayers that we pray half-heartedly. Sometimes we pray half-heartedly just, you know, as a, something we just have to do, you know. And not something that we are really passionate you know, about. Just to fulfill our righteousness. I have not prayed today. Just to fulfill our righteousness. Let me just uh, mutter some words to the Lord in prayer. And then you just spend some few minutes and then you are true for the day. It's just to fulfill our righteousness. You know, it's, it's like a, a routine, something that uh, you just have to do, you know, just to feel good. No, that is not the kind of prayer that can avail much. The prayer that can avail much is a prayer that is intense, that involves your passion. Your passion, you are passionate about it. You, know, you, you, you see it as an important and integral part of your life. In fact, a, a, an intense prayer life should be a lifestyle. Prayer must be a lifestyle of a believer. You cannot really be a believer without having a good time in praying. A good prayer, your prayer altar must be on the fire. It must be burning with intensity. It must be a glow. It must be a flame. Your prayer life must be a glow. If you want to really achieve so much with your relationship with God and with your prayer life, then your prayer altar must be on fire. You know, it's enough of this uh, not too cold, not too hot, you know, lukewarmness uh, in, in, in serving the Lord, lukewarmness in the place of prayer. It cannot go too far. It cannot really achieve anything. It can't it can, it can, it can go far at all. But our prayer life must be effective. We must know how to pray. We must pray by faith. We must, you know, pray effectively. And then we must put fervency. Passion, fervency, intensity, fervency. It must be heartfelt. It must be something that we love to do, something that we put our heart into, something that we, we do passionately for it to be able to have so much power, to be able to release so much power, for it to be effective, for it to be able to accomplish so much. It must be effective. And it must be fervent. Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 to 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 to 12. It says, uh, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. This is a Christian admonition, things that we are admonished to do as believers. We must not be slothful in our businesses. 
We must be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Then we must continue instant in prayer. We must put passion to our prayer. And it's not, we must continue, our prayer must be, it must be a continuous lifestyle. So that our prayer will be to do so much so that we can you know, overcome a lot of things. We can overcome temptations. There are a lot of advantages to having a, 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 a good a, a, and healthy prayer life. So much advantages that comes for a believer that spends quality time before the Lord in prayers every day. And of course, you know that prayer, we can pray anywhere and at any time. No matter how clumsy our day is, no matter how tight our programs are, we can still create time to spend time with the Lord. You can be in the bus and you are praying. You are praying, you know, and you are having an intense prayer time with the Lord. You can be washing and you are praying. You can be in the kitchen cooking and you are you are praying. Your heart is is, is connecting heaven. It's connected to God, and then you, you 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 are speaking to the Lord. You are praying in your understanding. You are praying in the Holy Ghost. The important thing is that we must have that time, and it must be consistent. And not just that it must be consistent. It must be intense. It must be passionate. Our heart must be involved. Our heart must be involved in praying so that our prayers can become effective. Second, Second Chronicles and chapter 7, a popular passage in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, verse 14, it says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and we heal their land. If my people, which are called by my name, can humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, they can focus, they can turn from their wickedness unto righteousness and they can pray, they can seek my face. God said, I will forgive their sin and we heal their land. If we can pray effective, fervent prayers, God will heal our land. If we can take time, if we can you know, create time, if we can set time aside to pray and heartfelt prayer concerning our nation, God said, we heal our land but the kind of prayers that we heal a land is not a prayer that is not effectual nor a prayer that is not fervent for a prayer to work to turn the fortune of a nation around you know for the better it must be effective and it must be fervent if my people which I call by my name can humble themselves And seek my face and pray. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. And if God says he will heal their land. 
that means he will heal their land. So it's our responsibility if we want God to heal our land, to pray effectively and to pray fervently. Let our heart be involved. Let our passion be involved. Let it be an heartfelt kind of prayers. God says he will forgive us our sins and he will heal our land. So whatever is it that you take before the Lord in prayers, if you can apply this principle of uh, effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man, you will have results. And once you are a righteous man, meaning that you have the righteousness of Christ on you, you are born again, you are saved, and you are living right, then your prayer is effective and fervent. You are good to go. There is nothing you ask from the Lord that will not give unto you. John 40, 14 says that if you ask me anything in my name, it says I will do it. Yes. Matthew 7, 7 also says the same thing. If you ask anything in my name, it shall be done. So if you can ask, God is ready to answer our prayers. God is ready to give us what we are asking for. But we must fulfill the condition of praying effective prayers fervently as righteous people. And the way we can do that, there is nothing that can be withheld from us. If God can give us freely his son, then with him, he is ready to freely give us all things. He's, 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 not, he's, not, he's not interested in withholding any good thing from his own children. But we must fulfill our own part, the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man. I believe so much. Okay, First uh, Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 11 also says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Seek the face of the Lord continually. Pray, pray without ceasing. Seek his face continually. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Our prayer must be effective and must be fervent. We can also say seek his face fervently. Pray fervently. Pray continuously. Pray passionately. Heartfelt prayers. Yes. When we are able to pray this way, we will see a lot of barriers broken. We we'll see a lot of miracles happening in our lives. We we'll see a lot of answers to our prayers and petitions. We we'll see a lot of transformations. We we'll see a lot of things that God will do in our lives. If we can take time to pray effective prayers and fervently. Fervency must be included in our prayer life. It must not be not hot, not cold, it must be hot. It must be on fire. It must be red hot with flame. That is the our prayer altar. It must be continuous. You know, when fire burns and you don't, you know, blow it, you don't give it enough environment and encouragement to keep burning, it will go down. Our prayer life must not go down. If you want our prayer life to, to amount to anything, and you know when the devil wants to attack a believer, the first area the devil attacks in the life of that believer is his prayer life. 
Because you know that once your prayer altar becomes cold, you can really not do so much again. You cannot even withstand temptation. You cannot hear from the Lord. You see, you, your transformation is just cannot really uh, go on as it should. Because prayer does a lot. We are still going to come to take uh, the topic of uh, the benefits of prayers. Then we'll be able to talk about so many things we benefit when we have an effective and a fervent prayer life. So we must put fervency into it. It must be continuous. Our prayer life must not be cold. Is your prayer life cold? You are going to pray. You are going to ask the Lord to help you. You are going to make up your mind to rearrange your life, to reorganize your life, to make sure you create time. Nobody has the time to do anything. You know, you must create time for things that you have value for. You must create the time. You can create time for it. So prayer is something that we have to create time for. If you do not create time, the devil will combat you with a lot of things and keep you so busy. A lot of believers, they spend hours daily on the social media, spend hours daily watching the TV, um, watching movies, just chatting and doing so many things that has no spiritual significance, while they have no time to pray. By the time they have spent all the quality time of the day doing all these frivolities, they have no time left for spirituality. No, you must take care of your spirituality first. And then it is the time that you have left that you can now use for all those other things. Because those other things are not as important. No social media is not as important as your spiritual life. You must balance things. You must balance things. Even if your work takes a lot of your time during the day, because there are so many of us that are, you know, they are so busy, so busy at work from morning to night. At your place of work, maybe it is during your lunch time. You can determine that my lunch time is going to be spent. Uh, if I have one and a half hours for lunch, I take maybe 30 minutes to 30 minutes to 40 minutes to eat the rest. I must spend it in prayer. Or I first spend the first 30 or 40 minutes in prayer before I go to take my lunch. You must be intentional with it. If you are not intentional with it, you just discover that there is no time. And of course, it will look as if there is no time. But the truth is that there is time. It's just that you have not created the time for it because you have not pushed it up in your in your in your mind as something that is of a higher value, you know, as something that you have to give attention to. Okay, let's look at Colossians chapter four. Colossians chapter four and verse two and three. We are talking about fervency in prayers, how to be fervent. In prayers. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 and 3 says, Continue in prayer. Continue. Look at the word continue. It's not that we not saying we should just pray, you know, and then stop. So we should continue. Means we should continue praying, praying day and night. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, with all praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Okay, this letter Paul to the Colossians was asking them to pray, to continue in prayer, to watch in prayer and with thanksgiving and also to remember to pray for him. 
for his ministry. So they'll be able to declare the word of God, the mystery of Christ for which he was in bonds, for which he was imprisoned. And I'm sure, I believe, that the Colossians church may pray for him. So our prayer, the prayer that we have effect, the prayer that can move mountains. And Jokas was saying that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, be there removed. Prayers that can move mountains are not prayers that are prayed half-heartedly. They are not prayers that are prayed passionlessly. They are not prayers that are prayed without intensity, without fire. Prayers that can move mountains are prayer that have in prayers that have intensity. So our prayer life must be hot, must be intense, must be passionate. If bear with Philippians chapter four verse six, we should not be anxious for anything, but with prayer and thanksgiving, we should let our requests be made known to God. Instead of being anxious with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Prayer must be with Passion, passion is needed to make to give fire to to it so that it can it can avail so much. Let's also look at Ephesians chapter six, Ephesians chapter six from verse eighteen. Ephesians chapter six verse eighteen says, "Praying always with all prayer." and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins and for me that utterance may be given unto me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am in i am an ambassador in bonds that wherein i may speak boldly as i ought to speak i just love paul who will teach the believers how to pray fervently, how to pray passionately, and then he will remind them that, please, as you do this, also remember to pray for me. <laughs> don't, don't forget to also pray for me, and he will give them his prayer point. That utterance may be given unto me, that my ministry may find expression, that I'll be able to speak boldly, you know, for the, to, to make known the mystery of the gospel of which I am in bonds. So, prayers that we move the work of God forward. Prayers, this kind of prayers that he needed to be bold, to speak the word of God, not to be, not to be intimidated, intimidated by what he was passing through, is a prayer that must be fervent. Fervent prayers. Constant prayers. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit. Praying always. Pray continuously. Pray fervently. That's what it means. And when you do this, uh, a lot of things will begin to take place in the spirit realm. A lot of good things, a lot of issues, a lot of bounds will be broken. A lot of power will be released. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Our prayer must be effective. And our prayers must be fervent. Somebody prayed fervently in the Old Testament. Let's look at the woman Hannah in First Samuel chapter one. First Samuel chapter one, uh, from verse uh, 
Let's take it from verse 15. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. She was pouring out her soul. It was an heartfelt prayer. It was not just a Jelenke prayer. He was, she was praying fervently. She was pouring out her soul unto the Lord. Why? Because she was looking up to God for the fruit of the womb. Her rival has always been buffeting her and be provoking her each time they came to Shiloh. And every time she has been coming to Shiloh, she has been crying until that day. She said, I'm not going to cry again. I'm going to go to the presence of the Lord and sort this thing out with God. And she was praying. She was praying. She was praying. In verse 13, the Bible says, uh, okay, from verse 12, the Bible says, and it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. She was in the presence of the Lord. Her lips were moving. Nobody was hearing what she was saying. But her heart was pounding. Her heart was praying. She was speaking to the Lord. She was sorting things out with the Lord. She was praying fervently to a point that Eli came and accused her, ah, woman, have you been drinking, you know, at this time? Verse 14, and Eli said unto her, how long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. Then I answered, I said, no, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've not drunk neither wine nor any strong thing, but I've only poured out my heart unto the Lord. When last did you pour out? There are so many things we face in life that we grumble, we complain about, and the, the more we complain, the more the trouble remains. But if you want that trouble, that situation to be over, you need to do what Hannah did. Go to the Lord in prayer, pray effectively, make sure you pray effective prayer, you pray by, you pray, you know, by faith, and then you believe God you, you pray, you are not praying uh, amiss, you are praying rightly, you are praying in line with the word of God, and then you had fervency to it. She was pounding her heart, she was speaking to the Lord, it was an heartfelt prayer. This word the Bible talks about when it says, effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man, I feel it much. She was pouring her heart her heart connected with heaven. She was speaking to God, and God had her. Well, when she told Eli why she was praying that way so passionately, she was praying with intense, with intensity, with an heartfelt prayer. Eli said, Okay, no problem. And Heli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And of course, we know the result of that prayer. That effectual, fervent prayer of Hannah availed much. Because at the end of the day, she became pregnant and had Samuel. 
and she's fulfilled her vow. She has vowed to the Lord to lend down to lend him unto the Lord. And the prayer went beyond just having Samuel. The prayer also went, you know, to the point of securing the future and the destiny of Samuel. Samuel became a great prophet. The Bible says that not one of his wells fell to the ground. He was mighty in words and in deed. He, he served the Lord faithfully. Samuel was a great prophet of his time. The mother prayed fervently to have him. And the mother prayed fervently you know, for his future, for his destiny. And God granted her a petition. I pray that as you also take time to pray effectually, effectively and fervently before the Lord, the Lord will also grant you your petition, even as he granted Hannah in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's also look at the man of God, the prophet Elijah. In that same passage, that's our main scripture for this series of teaching on effectual fervent prayers. Down the line in verse 17 of James chapter 5, the Bible says that Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the heart by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the heart brought forth her fruit. Of course, Elijah prayed fervently. He prayed with passion. The Bible says he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the heart by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, earnestly. And the heaven gave rain. His prayer produced results because there was fervency in his praying. He prayed passionately. When he came to the king, he just told the king, he said, By my word, it shall not rain. Except I say it will rain if you no longer rain on this land. And the king said, Oh, you are just talking rubbish. But eventually, there was no rain. But the Bible made us to understand in the book of James that Elijah did not just come out and just and just said there won't be rain except by my word, but that he prayed fervently. So his prayer life was the force behind the efficacy of his declarations. As a man of God, as a Christian, as a child of God, we must have a fervent prayer life. Because we cannot just live this life and leave things to fate. We must take charge in the spirit. We must be in control. We can do that in the place of prayer. We can take authority. We have authority in the name of Jesus over principalities and powers. We can take authority. We can bind. We can lose. We can fellowship with God. In fact, prayer is first and foremost a way of fellowshipping with God, worshiping God, just having a good time with your Father. And then along the line, you can now present your needs, make your supplications, and then ask Him for the things that you want God to do. So uh, an heartfelt prayer life can do so much. It can bring so much relief, so much results in our life. If we can 
sacrifice the time, if you can create the time, and if you can put passion to it, if you can make it heartfelt, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, availeth much. In the ministry of Jesus, the Bible said severally how shortly before then he would go to the mountain to go and pray. Jesus Christ had a very good and healthy prayer life. And of course, that helped his ministry. That helped him to be able to you know, carry on the work, the assignment that God has given unto him without any itch. Prayer is very, very important. That is the place of power. Prayer is the, is the, is the powerhouse of a believer. It is in the place of prayer that a lot of things are determined. It is in the place of prayers that a lot of things are settled. So we cannot leave things to fit. We must take charge of things. We must spend good time with our Father. And we must make sure we had fervency to our prayers so that God will answer us and then our prayers we avail much. So many believers, they pray and their prayer cannot do much because it is a passionless prayer. It is just, you know, cold prayer, cold altar. Our altars must not be cold. Fire must be there all the time. It must be on fire. It must be on fire. It must be continuous. So continue in praying, in prayers. It must be continuous. It must not be, you know, haphazard. You know, maybe you spend some time to pray today and the time you the, the, the next time you are going to pray any spend any meaningful time in prayer is, is another it's about three days time or four days time. Or, or every Sunday when you go to church, the prayer you pray in church is a real prayer that you pray throughout the whole week. No, you cannot survive as a Christian, you cannot survive as a believer like that. You know, to be able to survive this life as a believer, your prayer life must be fervent. You must pray effectively, you must pray rightly, and then there must be fervency in your prayers. There must be continuation. You know, it must be regular and it must be passionate. It must be intense, vehement. You know, it must be it 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 it, it, it must be heartfelt and heartfelt kind of prayers. May the Lord help us. May the Lord teach us as we give our time to studying the word and prayers, so that our prayer life will not be cold. Our prayer altar will not be cold. Our prayer altar will be hot and will be on fire. And then we continue to have our victory and enjoy the privilege and the provisions that God has given unto us in this world. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's go from here today. We continue next Sunday. God bless you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word that has come again unto us this morning. We pray, O Lord God, that our prayer altar will no longer be cold. But from today, this word will mix with faith in our heart and produce life. So our prayer life shall begin to become hot. Our prayer life, our prayer altar will be on fire. The fire on that altar prayer will not go out in the mighty name of Jesus. Help give us wisdom to learn how to plan our day, to plan our time, to create time, to spend quality time before you in prayers, O Lord, and to be passionate with our prayer life. Father, we receive this grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Is there anybody here that is suffering from any, any affliction of the devil? I command those afflictions to be broken 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, every joke, yes, be broken by the anointing. In the mighty name of Jesus, is anybody sick? I pray for you. Receive healing for your body right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody here that has not been saved? You have not given your life to Jesus and you are hearing this message this morning. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word you have spoken to me this morning. I know I am a sinner. I ask for the forgiveness of my sin. Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my life unto you from today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.